welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Hey everybody, welcome to church this weekend. We are so glad you're here with us. If today is your first time joining us, we want to say a big hey. So glad you're here. So good to see you. So glad you're joining with us. If you call Hope City Church your home, we want to say, oh my gosh, it's so good to be back together with you again. And we can't wait to see you in person. And to everybody, we want to say that we know God is going to continue to work and to speak and to move today through his word, through his message, and through our gathering together. So before we jump into our message, can we just take a minute together and pray and open our hearts up and ask God to speak to us? Would you do that with me? Okay, I'm going to pray. You just open your heart up. Father, I thank you for today. God, I thank you for your word that always brings life, that always brings healing, that always brings transformation. And God, I pray and ask that you open our hearts, that you open our ears and our eyes to receive your truth, to receive your life, so that walls are broken down, so that there's restoration, so there's reconciliations taking place, so that there's healing, that things that are broken are being mended, Father, by time in your presence and through your word. God, we ask all these things in your Son's mighty name. And we all said, amen, 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 amen. Hey, I am so happy to be here with you this week. And we're starting a new series. Our new series is called Remember When. And it's a series talking about looking back to move ahead into the future. We're in a weird time of history right now. And sometimes a really good thing to be able to do is to take a step back and say, I know stuff, I know life, I know there's a lot of problems right now, but I'm gonna look back over here and remind myself of what God did in these times and in those circumstances, because I know that if God did it then, I know that he can do it again, amen? Yeah, and so this series is called Remember When, and we're talking about today, Noah. We're gonna look into Noah's life. And as I was preparing this message for you, uh, the, Lord really, um, the Lord really showed me this story from the point of rescue. Yeah, I've never read this story. I've never thought about Noah and the flood. I've never thought about it in the context of it being a story of rescue. But when you take a minute and stop and think and think about Noah and his family, for them, this was God's great rescue for them. And so we're going to look into this story together. And there's four points that we're going to take away from today looking at this. But but what I want to say to you before we jump in is that all night long, All night long, just the Spirit of God was talking to me about rescue, rescue, rescue. So there's somebody watching this, or or there will be somebody watching this. That's the great thing about technology. Maybe you're watching it now. Maybe you're watching it five years in the future. But the Word of God is for you right now in this moment, wherever you are in time. And so whoever you are or how many of us there are, this Word is for you today. Maybe you find yourself 
in a time when you need God to rescue you. Maybe you find yourself and the floodwaters are rising up and they're slowly getting higher and higher and higher and you don't know where to turn and you don't know where to go and you don't know what to do and you don't know who's gonna help you. I'm telling you today that God is your rescue. Maybe you need rescue in your mind, in your emotions, in your physical body. Maybe you need uh, rescue in, in your finances. Maybe you need rescue in one of a hundred million other ways. And I want to remind you today, and I want to show you today that God is your rescue. So if you would, would you open your Bibles with me? We're going to go to Genesis chapter 6 is where we're going to start off today. Genesis chapter 6, and I'm reading from my trusty little, little blue New Living Translation. Genesis chapter 6 is where we're going to start. And we are looking at Noah and the flood. And we are going to remember when God rescued Noah and his family. And if God rescued them, he can rescue you. Um, the Bible tells us, that God is no respecter of persons. That's in Acts chapter 10, verse 34. It also tells us in Hebrews chapter 13 that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In the past, in the present, and in the future, Jesus Christ is the same. He never changes. And if God worked in Noah's life and he doesn't love Noah more than he loves you, then God can and will and wants to work in your life. God wants to rescue you from whatever you're dealing with, whatever circumstance you're going through, whatever you are calling out for help in, God wants to meet you in that place and rescue you today. And I'm telling you what, that is some good news. That's some good news to hang on to because when you need rescue, you are looking for any lifeline to hang on to before you go under the water. You're looking for a tree limb that's floating by. You're looking for a, a broken floaty. You're looking for anything that you can climb onto, to grab onto, to hang on to so that you don't go under the water. And I'm telling you today that God wants to rescue you. So, Genesis chapter 6, we're going to start off, we're going to start this together, and we're going to start in verse 5, and this is the, the, the setup, this is the setup for the story of Noah and his family. Genesis chapter 6, starting in verse 5, it says, The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and He saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry he had ever made them, and he put them on the earth, and it broke his heart. Verse 7 says, And the Lord said, I will wipe this human race I have created from the face of the earth. Yes, I will destroy every living thing, all the people, the large animals, the small animals that scurry along the ground, and even the birds of the sky. I am sorry I ever made them. But some of these people back then were wishing that they were a fish and not a human because the fish seemed to escape the flood because the flood was water. That's right. So this is why the flood came. This is why God brought the flood. This is why Noah and his family needed rescuing because society, culture, uh, life was consistently and totally evil. Everywhere they went, all the people it talks about, it says that everything, 
everything they thought and imagined was consistently and totally evil and it broke the Lord's heart. The world was not what God desired it to be. It was not what he created it to be. It had turned evil and he said, I've got to make a change. I've got to start over again. I've got to have a fresh start and I'm going to do it through Noah. So we're going to pick up here in verse number nine. But before we do, I didn't read verse eight and I want to read this. This little, these one, two, three, four, five, six, seven words. I want to read these seven words to you today in verse eight. And I want you to maybe just close your eyes and think about this for a second. It says this, the Lord is talking about how the earth is totally and consistently evil and he's going to destroy it. And it says in verse eight, but Noah found favor with the Lord. Right off the bat, before we jump too far in today's message, I want to tell you this, that you Yes, you, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, you can find favor with the Lord. I just told you, I just showed you some scriptures in Acts chapter 10, verse 34, that God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't love one person more than another person. He won't do more for one person because he likes them better than you. God is no respecter of persons. And he's the same yesterday, today, forever. God is never changing. He never changes. And so if Noah found favor with the Lord, I want to tell you this, you can find favor with the Lord. Wherever you're sitting, whatever you're doing right now, you can find favor with the Lord. Look at your neighbor, text somebody and say, hey, you can find favor with the Lord. Okay, verse 9. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on earth at the time. And he walked in close fellowship with God. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person. Man, that would be lonely, wouldn't it? The only blameless person living on earth at that time. And he walked in close fellowship with God. First thing I want to tell you, my first point for today, and I tell you, I kid you not, this phrase kept going over and over and over and over again in my heart. I just could not get it out of my heart. And this is my first point. Rescue is rooted in relationship. Rescue, your rescue is rooted in your relationship with God and with other people. Sometimes God is going to intervene miraculously in your behalf. Sometimes God is going to use other people to work in your life, to bring the rescue that you need. But you need to hear today, you need to know today that rescue is rooted in relationship. You must be in relationship. I believe we talked recently and I made a statement talking about how God was a God of community. You were made to be in community. And you can see, Pastor Jake, we can't be in community right now. Yes, community looks different and it's hard, but you've got to work. You've got to make efforts. You've got to try to stay in community as best as you can, some way, somehow, with some people, because rescue is rooted in relationship. And now we're going to dive into this just a little bit. It says that he walked in close fellowship with God. Why is rescue rooted in relationship with God? Because if you don't know God's voice through close relationship, when he comes to rescue you, 
You're not going to know if it's him speaking to you. You're not going to know if it's another person talking to you. It may be another voice. It may be the voice of the enemy coming and trying to trick you. But if you are not walking in close relationship with the Lord in times of rescue, you won't know his voice. And if he's using somebody else to rescue you, if he's if he sent somebody to come and help you and come alongside and pull you up out of that muck and that mire and that muddy puddle you're stuck in, if you're stuck in those places and he sends somebody to come and help you, you, if you don't know his voice, if you're not in close relationship, close fellowship like Noah was, you will miss the boat. Whew, we're talking about Noah and the ark, and if you're not careful, you'll miss the boat. <laughs> Sometimes you have to laugh at your own joke. Nobody else is here. Sometimes you got to laugh at your own joke. Rescue is rooted in relationship. And so it says here in verse 10, it says, Noah was the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And it says in verse 11, Now God saw the earth had become corrupt and was filled with violence. God observed all the corruption in the world, for everyone on earth was corrupt. So God said to Noah, Now this comes from that close fellowship and that close relationship. It shows us that they were walking and talking together. And God is revealing his plans to Noah. And he says to Noah, I have decided to destroy all living creatures, for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them out along with the earth. What do you think Noah thought when God said that to him? I mean, if somebody came and said that to you, what would your first thought be? Am I included in this? Am I getting wiped out? And why are you telling me this? Well, the conversation continues on here. And he says in verse 14, the Lord starts talking, continues talking. He's just told Noah, I'm going to wipe out the earth. And then he says, Noah, build a large boat from cypress wood. Waterproof it with tar inside and out. Then construct decks and stalls throughout its interior. Make the boat 450 feet long and 75 feet wide and 45 feet high. Leave an 18-inch opening below the roof all the way around the boat. That was so fresh air could get in and out. And he said, put a door on the side and build three decks inside the boat. Lower, middle, and upper. So the Lord is just, they're having a conversation. And, and because they have relationship, they're having a conversation. And God is saying to him, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wipe everything out. We're going to start clean. We're going to start fresh. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to build a boat. This is, this is your next step. And my, my second point for you today is that in times of rescue, often in times of rescue, God will give you the instructions before he gives you the revelation. See, the first thing that God said to Noah is build a boat. He doesn't begin to talk about why to build a boat. He doesn't begin to talk about this is what I'm going to do. He just says, hey, I'm going to wipe everybody out. I want you to build a boat. No explanation. He just gave the instruction before the revelation. And you have to be okay with God giving you instructions before revelation. Sometimes, many times, we want God to give us this detailed outline, step-by-step -step plan, uh, point A, point B, point B, part one, part two, part three, sub-part to part three, which is addendum, blah, 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 blah. You know, you want God to spell it out front, back, up, down, everything way which which you could do but God doesn't necessarily work like that and you have to be okay with that rescue comes not in the order that you desire sometimes 
Sometimes God gives you the instruction before He gives you the revelation. He gives you the, he gives you the what before He gives you the why. And you've got to be okay with that. Because we see here in verse 14, 15, and 16, he says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to build a boat. I want you to build it this high, this wide, this long. Make sure you cover it with tar. Do all these things. And then in verse 17, then he begins to tell Noah why. And you've got to be okay with God not giving you every step in the order that you think you need it in. Rescue does not always come the way that you wish or the way that you desire. And in verse 17, it says, Look, I'm about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on earth is going to die, but I'm going to confirm my covenant with you. I am rescuing you and your family. I, because you are the only righteous person on the planet, because you are in relationship with me, I am going to rescue you. I am going to spare you. So you need to build a boat. Number one. Rescue is rooted in relationship. Number two, often in rescue, you're going to get the how before you get the why, and you've got to be okay with that. Number three, the third thing I want to tell you is this. Rescue requires a step of faith. Hold your place in Genesis, and I want to show you a scripture in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. It says this to us. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about the things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. Rescue will require a step of faith. There will be times when God is speaking to you and telling you what to do when you need rescue in your life. Maybe you are stuck between a rock and a hard place and you feel like you have no way to turn. You, don't, you can't go this way because that's the wall. You can't go this way because that's the rock. You, you, and you're wedged in there, stuck so tight, you can't do anything. And God is going to speak to you and he's going to tell you what to do. He's going to say, hey, this is what I want you to do. He's given you the how. This is how I want you to do it. This is a step that I want you to take. And it requires you. Rescue requires a step of faith because you're not going to always understand why. You're not going to have the why sometimes. All you're going to have is the how. And just like we just read in Hebrews chapter 11, Noah stepped out in faith and obeyed what God told him to. Guys, if you stop and think for a minute in this account of Noah and his life and the rescue that God uh, brought them through. Up to this point in history, there had been no floods. They believed this time, in this time in creation, that there was a kind of canopy that covered the whole world and that mist went up and watered all the plants and the land and the animals. There was no rain. There was no floods. Yes, there was water, and I'm sure they probably had boats, but no boat this big. And in fact, um, history tells us that there was no boat built this size again until the 1800s. Noah was born around 3000-ish BC. I think it was like 2800 BC sometime. And the next biggest boat to be built wasn't built until the 1800s, almost 5,000 years. 
In between the two, God showed up and said, Noah, I want you to build a boat because I'm going to do something I've never done. I'm going to, there's going to be a flood. Noah probably said, what's a flood? What does that mean? I don't know what a flood is. I have no context for this word. But Noah had to take God at his word. He had to step out in faith, trusting God. And guys, I want to tell you this, just as another side point, Noah stepped out in faith. Do you know that they believe? Now, it doesn't give us an exact breakdown, but you can do some math. At the end of Genesis chapter 5, it tells us that Noah was 500 years old. And then in Genesis chapter 7, it tells us that the flood came when Noah was 600 years old. And then it also gives us the age of his sons and when they had kids and such. And so you can do some math. And they believe, historians believe, that it took Noah anywhere from 50 to 70 years to build this boat. That is a step of faith. Many of us want God to answer and rescue us like this. Right now, God, I need rescue in my life right now. God, I actually needed to be rescued yesterday. God, my rescue I needed was like three weeks ago and you haven't showed up. I need, like I told you what I needed and you haven't showed up yet. Rescue requires a step of faith. And sometimes it's not going to look anything what you hope or desired or thought it would look like. And you have to be okay with that because that's what faith is. Rescue requires that you're rooted in relationship. Rescue requires that you're okay with getting the how before the why sometimes. And rescue requires a step of faith. You're going to have to be okay when God speaks to you that you step out in faith. And the last point I want to show you today here is if you go into chapter 6, verse 22, it says, So Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. One more time. So Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. If you take notes in your Bible, if you highlight things, if you circle words, I would love for you to circle or highlight those words, everything and exactly. Everything and exactly. Noah did absolutely all that God asked him to exactly as how he was told. Rescue requires obedience. God will speak to you when you are calling out. And, and a lot of what I'm saying today is because so many of us, so many of us, and I know there are people that are watching this today because I feel it in my spirit and I couldn't sleep and I kept waking up thinking about this. I know there are people that are watching this that need God to rescue them, but we already have a predetermined way that God is going to rescue us. And you need to know and you need to remember that God does not work in your plans, in your purposes. God does not always work on your time frame, And you need to know when God speaks to you that you need to do everything exactly as he was told. Could you imagine if Noah began to make mods to the ark? You know, like, oh, these are God's um, instructions to me about how I should make this ark, but I'm going to make a few modifications. Instead of making it 450 feet long, uh, let's make it uh, 375 because I couldn't find any more wood. And instead of making it uh, three decks, we're going to make it 
Oh, one deck. Could you imagine if Noah had made one deck instead of three and all those animals and food and people tried to live together? Listen, when God speaks to you, when you're crying out for rescue in your life, you need to do everything exactly as the Lord has told you. Because in that obedience, Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19 tells us that the willing and the obedient will eat the good of the land. Obedience comes with the reward. When God is speaking to you, when you're calling out for rescue in your life, in the dark of night, in the darkest times of your life, when you're saying, help me, I need help, I'm drowning, the water is getting higher and higher and higher, and now it's at my neck and I'm about to go under, God rescue me. When somebody reaches out and says, grab my hand, I'll pull you up, you don't stop and say, well, maybe, I mean, like, why do I, can you give me your other hand? I don't like that hand. Or why should I grab your hand? We don't question it. You need to do everything exactly as he says and as he commands you. And when you step out in faith, when you are in relationship with the Lord, and when you hear him giving you instructions and you don't stop and like, well, you're not doing this right, Lord. You know, if you did it my way, I have a whole sheet that I could give you on a plan that I came up with, with how we could get out. And all it requires, Lord, is for you. See, I've got a line here on point number 7B where it requires some action from you. And here's what I want you to do, Lord. If you would just do this for me, then my plan will work perfectly. So many of us try to put God in the box of sorting out our life. So many of us try to tell God, to show God how to rescue us. But God wants to rescue you in miraculous ways that bring you life, that bring you restoration, that bring you healing. That, that restore things in your life that were stolen from you. God wants to work miraculously in your life so that you can go around and tell people, hey, remember when this was happening in my life? Yeah, if God did it for me, he can do it for you. Remember when Noah, uh, God rescued Noah from the flood in the boat and he, and he saved all those animals? He rescued all those animals so that, that they could continue on and that earth could continue on? Remember when I was in such a bad place and God showed up and I didn't even know what was going to happen? I didn't know how it was going to happen, but I was trusting God. Remember when I was there and God showed up? And he reached down and I reached up. I didn't question it. I didn't say you're doing it wrong. I didn't say I've got my own plan, Jesus, and you need to get in line with my plan. But you just reached up and said, thank you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for rescuing me. I thought I was going to drown. I thought I was a goner. Rescue requires obedience. I know that if you will take the time if you will live a life that is in relationship with God, if you will be okay with when you need rescue for God to give you steps out of order, and when God gives you those steps, if you will 
uh, allow yourself to take the steps of faith that you need to, that he is showing you one step at a time, one step at a time, one step at a time, not showing you a whole plan laid out. And if you will obey God when he speaks to you, no matter how hard or how scary or how different it looks from your plan, if you will do those things, you will see God move. You will see God rescue you in your life. I know that's for somebody today. You know, I want to do, I just want to pray with you. I, I want to do one more thing. I want to pray with you this morning. And I want to pray that God uh, works and moves in our lives. So if you're watching this today and you are saying, I need God to rescue me. I need, I need a way out. I am stuck. I am wedged in and this rock is like pinching my arm. I can't even move this arm. I'm so stuck. I want to pray together with you right now. So let's just take a moment and let's pray. Father, I ask you right now in the name of Jesus to begin to show us in our lives uh, when we need rescue, God, that you are showing us, that you are speaking to us, that you are revealing your ways of rescue. God, um, if we have tried to put you in a box, if we have tried to say, um, God, I want you to rescue me, but here's how I want you to do it. If you have spoken to us and say, this is your way of rescue. This is the way I want you to go. These are the steps I want you to take. And we have said to you, no, I will not take those steps. Then God, we repent. We repent. We say we're sorry. We want your kingdom to come. We want your will to be done. We want you to work in our lives. We don't want to try and make a plan and fit you into it, God. We want to get in line with your plans. We want you to do what you know you can do and want to do for us. So, Father, we repent. We say we're sorry. And God, I just ask that you begin to show us if we, have, if we have done those things, if we have said, no, I'm not going your way, I want you to go my way, God. If we've done those, God, I ask right now that you begin to show those things and point them out to us. Father, I thank you that you begin to show us the way of rescue, that you begin to show us how you are orchestrating things, that you are beginning to move in our lives. Father, we thank you that you are the great I am, that there is no name that is greater than you, and you are our great rescuer, Jesus. Father, I thank you that your kingdom comes and that your will is done in every area of our lives. We worship you. We praise you. We thank you for continuing to work and move and do, Father, what only you can do. We love you, Jesus. And in your name we pray. We all said, amen. And hey, there's one more thing I want to do. Don't tune out on me yet. There's one more thing I want to do. If you're watching this uh, service right now and you are saying, I do not know the Jesus that you're talking about. I do not know the God that you were talking about, but I do know that I need a rescue in my life, that I need someone greater than me to come into my life and begin to walk through the fire with me, to begin to walk through the flood and begin to pull me out. If you're saying, I need that in my life, then I want to pray with you today. We believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so if that's you, I want you to pray with me. And I'm going to say a prayer. I just want you to repeat this after me. And hey, if you're also watching and you know that you've, that you've grown cold in your heart to the Lord and you've walked away and you're saying, I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. I want to commit uh, new to him and say, I, I rededicate my life. I want to. I'm purposing again to work hard at following Jesus. I need to be in that close relationship. Then I want you to jump in in this prayer as well and just join us as we pray. So Father, 
I come to you right now. And God, I know that I've made a mess of things and I've tried on my own and it doesn't work. So Father, I come to you and I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. I believe in my heart and I say with my mouth that your son was, was on a cross, he laid down his life and he rose from the dead. I want you to guide me, to lead me, to wash me clean and to make me new. Father, I thank you that right now I am part of your family and you are bringing rescue and salvation to me today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer for the first time or if you prayed it again and rededicated your life, we would love to hear with you so that we can be in touch with you talking about the next steps. We don't believe that, that giving your life to Jesus is the end. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 talks about going into all the world and making disciples. There is a lifestyle. There is a walk with Jesus. There is close relationship like Noah with Jesus. So we would love to hear from you. Send us an email to the address on the screen and somebody will be in touch with you, helping you understand that decision you you made today. We love you all. We're praying for you. We cannot wait to see you again soon. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.